victory on Geonosis. After a massive planetary siege, the Separatist forces on Geonosis have finally fallen. Key weapons factories have been destroyed, but at a heavy cost to Republic troops. Now, as Jedi Master Luminara Unduli and Obi-Wan Kenobi begin a cleanup of the planet, they launch an intense campaign to find Separatist leader Pago the Lesser and bring him to justice. Bucketheads, Mevartigar? Welcome to the 61st Undead Geonosin Smashing episode of MandoVision. Nargai Tom, and thank you so much for checking out this small independent Star Wars podcast. Remember, the best way to reach out to us is via social media at Mando underscore Vision on Twitter and Instagram. You can email the show at MandoVisionTom at gmail.com for all your scathing diatribes that you have planned out for me. Hit me up there, mandovisiontomgmail.com. Please be sure to like, subscribe, and share this podcast with all the other Mandalorians in your covert. If possible or so inclined, please give us those sweet, sweet, sweet five-star reviews. They are what helps a small independent podcast like us stand out, not get lost in the shuffle in the the vast galaxy of podcasts that exists out there. Uh, And by the way, I mentioned subscribing. Uh, If you're on Apple Podcasts, you may have noticed they have changed that. It is no longer subscribe, it is follow. So, you know, hey, that's what they do over there at Apple. They like to keep us on our toes. So keep that in mind. All right, we're back. This is another rewatch review episode of Star Wars The Clone Wars. We're on to Season 2, Episode 7. This is Legacy of Terror. And uh, this is one I'm excited to talk about. This is I remember watching this the first time around back in 2009 and just thinking, like, this is a really... Really weird episode <laughs> of the Star Wars The Clone Wars, but like weird in a good way. You know, it had uh, you know, some some horror element to it, some some uh, 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 homage to to horror movies of the past. There's a little bit of Aliens. There's a little bit of like Night of the Living Dead in there. It's kind of the whole smorgasbord of of, uh, of mutual appreciation in this in this episode. We're gonna talk all about it. We're gonna get all into it. But before we do that, there is a, a key step we ha- that has to be taken before we can dive into the show itself. And you know what time it is. It's time. Strap on your buckets. Let's go. A hard-won victory. Indeed. And a costly one. We suffer a great many losses in these battles. Too many. The battles do appear to be coming with growing frequency. No sign of Poggle, then? Nothing. We have clone squadrons spread out all over the area, but no hits yet. I'll go out and find some clue as to where he went. I'm sure the clones can handle... Poggle has too much information about the Separatists to let him get away. Very well, Master Underly. Just make sure to leave a bit of strategic planning for me when I come back, Master Kenobi. I'd hate to feel left out. All right, here we are. Like I said, this is Season 2, Episode 7, Legacy of Terror. This is original air date for this episode, November twentieth, two thousand and nine, uh, and you know, again, we we say that name, 
legacy of terror. Uh, but I feel like this episode might have had a really cool uh, subtitle, like working title maybe, like behind the scenes for production, which is, uh, I suspect, I, I speculate wildly, that perhaps they wanted to call this Night of the Living Dead Geonosians. That would have been pretty spot on, I think. I think that would have worked out pretty well. What do you think of that one? <laughs> Our plot for this episode. Luminara unduly disappears during a sandstorm while following Poggle the Lesser. When Anakin and Obi-Wan track her to an ancient temple, they are attacked by undead Geonosian warriors. That's a pretty strong plot. I'm not gonna lie. That's a that one. That's more description than we normally get uh, on some of our, our our plot descriptions for the for the for the series. Uh, this episode is directed by Stuart Lee. It is written by Eogen Mahoney, with Drew Z, Drew Z Greenberg as our supervising uh, writer for the series, and our cast on this episode. Olivia Diabo as Luminara Unduli. James Arnold Taylor is Obi Wan Kenobi. A very uh, introspective and uh, a scientific Obi-Wan Kenobi in this episode, if I may say so. Matt Lanter is Anakin Skywalker. D. Bradley Baker is the Clone Troopers. Captain Rex Commander Cody and Queen Karina in this episode. How about that for D. Bradley Baker adding to his impressive resume with this episode. Brian George returns as Kai Adamundi. Tom Kane is the narrator. Matthew Wood is Poggle the Lesser and the Battle Droids. Meredith Salinger is Beresafi and Ahsoka Eckstein as Ahsoka Tano. We will note uh, very early in this episode that uh, Ahsoka and Barris excuse themselves at the very beginning of this episode uh, due to the the, the, the the stresses that they were under in the, in that previous episode. Like this episode does pick up right where that one left off, and then well you know you know what I'm saying. All right, our uh, our our Jedi fortune cookie for this episode. Sometimes accepting help is harder than offering it. And uh, yeah, I guess that you know. I think that definitely applies to Master Luminara Unduli in this episode, uh, a character who uh, has, a, has a real stubborn streak about her in this episode, you know, bound and determined to bring in Poggle the Lesser and end the conflict on, on Geonosis. And, and hopefully there won't be, a, you know, Obi-Wan makes reference to it in this episode. Hopefully there will not be a third battle of Geonosis. And so the, 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 the idea behind that is to bring in Poggle and put this all to an end. But we find out there's a different power structure in play with Geonosis then then maybe we've been led to believe with Poggle. Uh, and that's where we get into the into the queen aspect of of the story. And you know, like I said, I I feel like this episode has a lot of like Night of the Living Dead esque elements to it, those those horror movie elements. Uh, but obviously you can't ignore what the Queen represents and her and her obvious callback to James Cameron's Aliens, uh, where we meet the alien queen and and the scene where where uh, Ripley comes across a chamber where she's laying the eggs and on all the bad things are happening like oh how did those eggs get on the on the ship in the first one well here you go they're, they're, it's a queen it's making the eggs things are happening that is very reminiscent very the, the, the imagery in this episode is evocative of that when, when we meet the Geonosian queen in this uh, so a couple different influences on this episode and I, I I think it makes for a really fun episode a really enjoyable one I like it when Star Wars kind of embraces some of its horror element. You know, the, the the sort of I shouldn't say horror elements. That's not the right word because like there's no elements of horror in Star Wars itself. Um, but science fiction has horror elements in it, and seeing Star Wars, you know, a a, a self-described space fantasy, kind of lean into some some different genres, some different avenues, uh, is always a lot of fun, and I think it makes for uh, a, a well-rounded Star Wars universe and a well-rounded Star Wars galaxy. 
And you know, a couple there was a couple books where they you know back at the height of of zombie mania that was sweeping across pop culture. I mean, there was even some Star Wars zombie books, and I'll be honest, they weren't half bad. <laughs> so, <laughs> and maybe you're thinking like, what the heck are you talking about? I don't have the names of those books handy at the moment, uh, but it was a, a it was a virus the Empire was designing. It went horribly wrong. Stormtroopers died, and then the stormtroopers came back to life. It is what it is. Maybe some people look at it as like, keep your zombies out of my Star Wars. Uh, I thought it worked. I thought it was made for a fun book and and um, a fun and and relatively uh, self-contained. Like there was no uh, known characters that were that were uh, overlapping with this. It was very small, very self-contained, and in in that regard, I think it worked pretty well. So, a I'm a, I was a okay with that. All right, getting into this episode in particular, like like we talked about. Uh, Barris and Ahsoka excuse themselves very early from the action. We heard the clip where we hear the, the, the sort of stubborn streak that is Luminar's determination to go and get Pago the Lesser to end these genos and conflicts. And, and you know, this is also, this episode, uh, ooh, excuse me, this episode is also bringing back uh, Obi-Wan into the fold on this one. You know, we saw that three-pronged assault landing to Point Rain. Uh, last week was very much focused on Anakin and Luminara, and then the contrasting relationship of, the, of their Padawans with their masters. So that, that made for a fun episode too. But now Obi Wan's back in the fold, and again, this is a, this is an Obi Wan. Um, you know, we we know Obi Wan the negotiator. That is uh, very on brand for him. But I sort of liked this uh, scientifically curious Obi Wan as well in this episode. So I thought that was a lot of fun, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that as as we play with that a little bit. Uh, we, we, we then cut to Poggle attempting to escape. He's got like his tank and some droids with him, and he's like towing some munitions behind him. And he's on his way uh, to a temple. And, and this is what Luminar is going to discover right here. So I want to play a little clip from this. Here we go. It appears to be a munitions container of some kind. It could just be debris. I don't think so. There was no battle in this area. It looks like Poggle was on a direct course. 11 Mark 72. That way. Headed directly for the Progate Temple. That makes no sense. Nothing in the temple could have survived the munitions we used in the first wave of our attack. Why would he risk exposure to go there? I'm not yet sure. Perhaps he doesn't realize the extent to which we cleared that area. Master Luminara, I'm tracking a sandstorm that's heading your way. No matter. Poggle is out in the open and I intend to grab him before he can get off-world. I advise against it. You might get lost in the storm. Then we'd have to find both you and Poggle. I feel it is a risk worth taking. As you wish. Let's. It's very interesting in this in this episode how both uh, Obi Wan and Kaidamundi acquiesce to to Luminara, uh, allow her to pursue her goals uh, in the, in the way that she feels is best, despite the risk that's implied. Uh, which again, this is an interesting contrast to last week's episode, uh, where where we are sort of presented with a Luminara who is much more um, cautious and, and by the numbers has a plan, sort of sort of Luminara. Again, because you were contrasting her against Anakin and his sort of uh, going off half-cocked sort of mentality as for being a Jedi general and being being a, a teacher to Ahsoka. And again, it's it's not... Again, I'm not trying to say that, uh, that Luminara becomes like Anakin in this episode because that's not the case. It's that single-mindedness, that single-minded determination that she will be the one to bring in Poggle to end this Geonosian conflict and 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 sort of not heeding to the advice of the Jedi and, and the trouble that it, it will get her into down the road. Uh, it's at this point that, you know, Anakin mentioned it, Sandstorm's coming. 
I thought that was a really cool visual. You know, I know, you know, maybe it's something that doesn't play a hundred percent well on you know in, in an animated series, but I, I I don't know something about that. I thought it was a neat element. I liked the little scene with the battle droids talking to each other, and then the ones just gone because the sandstorm just you know grinded you know got into his gears, and that was it for him. And then you just kind of see him on the on the, in the sand, you know, don't leave me. And then uh, Luminara and, and the the uh, the trooper who's with her, their speeders going overhead, not even noticing him because the sandstorm just raging full, you know, grains of sand blasting into the, into the face. And you know, as we know, Anakin has strong feelings about sand. You know, it gets everywhere. And uh, you know, as someone who lives fairly close to a beach, I he's not wrong. He's not wrong. So Luminara and the trooper with her, they make their way to the temple and. Uh, listen, it's a pretty pretty creepy temple. Let's be perfectly honest right here. There's a lot of uh, interesting, freaky-deaky, Genosian wall art. Some sculptures that, uh, yeah, kind of adds to that air of creepiness in there. And bad things happen. But Luminara reaches out once again in contact with Kai Adamundi and, and Obi-Wan Kenobi back at the forward base. And I wanted to kind of play that scene as things kind of shake out here and we kind of get into what's going to be happening here. Let's, let's check this out. Are you sure he went into the temple? Yes, we saw him enter, but I think he's gone down into the catacombs below. Those catacombs go on for miles. I fear we may have lost him. Get yourself out of there. <coughs> Master Unduli! Master Unduli! We've lost the connection. Where are you going? Take a guess. We'll never get to her in this storm. The gunships can't handle it. We can't wait. I'm sorry, Skywalker. We have no choice. We must be patient and trust in Master Unduli. We'll leave as soon as the storm lifts. Which Anakin does not care for. <laughs> Anakin, man of action. And we all know that about Anakin. That's why we love Anakin in Star Wars The Clone Wars. Uh, but finally, someone heeds to the uh, the advice given to to them in, in, in this episode. Obviously, Luminar in a, in a bit of a predicament. But when we get to... Uh, when we get to the scenes... Um, where they arrive at the temple, and again, I'm going to go back to that art, and we, we talk about that art, and I, I want to play the scene where they examine a particular wall hanging, if you will, and, and I'm going to play that for you right now. Okay, so here's the clip, and it's right as Anakin, I'm sorry, as Obi-Wan Kenobi is picking up Luminar's lightsaber that he finds fallen on the ground, and they are trying to, to piece together what has happened to the Jedi Master. Here we go. Luminara's lightsaber. Hoggle didn't do this. Maybe that did. That is one ugly bug. I haven't seen one that looks like that before. I don't believe anyone has. It could be the Genosian Queen. The bugs have a queen? Mm, rumored. But we haven't found any proof of her existence. Until now. This way. Come on, then. Let's move. All right, so here we go. Anakin and Obi-Wan taking Commander Cody and his troops down into the catacombs of this temple now that they're kind of on to this, this, um, the idea of this Geonosian queen. And uh, this is interesting stuff to me. I really liked this. This is kind of exploring uh, uh, a race that didn't get a lot of uh, depth, you know, about them. In, into the movies. You know, we didn't know much about the Geonosians. They were just sort of 
these bug-like creatures, and they were fairly disposable. You know, they were kind of treated like gnats. And we've talked about how, uh, in some of these early episodes, like the Geonosians are basically just like swatted away like flies. I mean, they're they are tra- treated like bugs and just squashed by the Republic forces. Uh, this episode puts a whole new, um, again, I don't want to say the word depth, but it, it helps to explore more of who they are as a as a society, as a species, uh, and having a queen, having a figurehead, having a a, a a, a matriarch uh, who is the, the one that Poggle ultimately answers to. I think this is really interesting stuff. I really like what's going on here. Even if you don't vibe with the, with this hive mind aspect of the episode and the, the controlling of the, of the undead Geonosian troopers, um, I think you have to respect the fact that at least we're exploring that culture more because, uh, the, let's be honest, the prequels is, is when the, the Geonosians get to shine. There's not much mention made of them uh, in anything post prequel era, you know, and, and maybe we'll explore what happens there more in the Bad Batch series. Who's to say? But yeah, it's, it's, I, I really dug this aspect of it. And like I said, I love paying homage to great science fiction that came before. And, and why not pay homage to such a great flick like Aliens? It's so much fun. And again, you throw in a little bit of uh, Night of the Living Dead, and you have, yourself, you have yourself a unique recipe for a fun Star Wars, The Clone Wars adventure. So it's at this point that we cut back to Luminara, who's being dragged to the Queen's chamber. We don't know that at the time. Uh, she's able to break free, and she starts to combat the Geonosians. I mean, and we see these Geonosian drones uh, very different than, than the way we've seen them before, like the, the, the lifeless eyes, the way they sort of stumble about. And and that's this is when we first get our... Get, we, we, oh my goodness, excuse me. This is when we get our first clues that something's not quite right with these Geonosians, uh, particularly as she, as Luminara, you know, punches right into one's guts. <laughs> that, quite a visual on that on that regard. Uh, I had read somewhere in the, in the trivia for this episode that that was originally supposed to be a, a, a stalactite would fall down and impale uh, one of those those Geonosian drones, and that would be the, sort of like the, the signal that like, oh, that's some messed up stuff going on, and uh, these guys are undead because he would obviously would have climbed off of that that stalactite and come back after Luminara. So they opted for something a little bit more uh, different, a little bit more uh, subtle, maybe, <laughs> or maybe just something a little bit faster. You know, kind of keep the pace of the episode real, real quick. All right, so uh, th- this is also what happens next with Obi Wan and Anakin's forces. They encounter these undead drones of the Geonosians. And this is, I want to play the next scene here where uh, they are, they eventually bring down some walls, bring down some ceilings, separate themselves from these, these forces, and now they have to kind of discuss what the heck just happened. So I want to play this scene because I, it, there's a lot of amusing dialogue in this episode, so you, you, you'll get a fair amount of it on this one. Uh, I'm sure that the, the, the folks at Disney will not enjoy that from me, but uh, I'm promoting their show, gosh darn it. Support me in, your, in my free promotions of your product. Here we go. What were those things? We couldn't kill them. I've heard stories of a Genosian hive mind so powerful, so strong, that it can maintain its connection with its warriors even after they have died. And you think that's why we couldn't kill them? Because they're... Already dead. Yes. That can't be true. That's impossible. Impossible or not, these creatures keep moving after we cut them up or shoot them down. That's not true. That's impossible. It's, it's basically what Anakin says there, and it's also an echo, a callback to what Luke will say to him, to Darth Vader in The Empire Strikes Back. I'm sure you all caught that. 
it it wasn't it wasn't subtle, <laughs> but it was cool. I, you know, they do that a lot with with some of the dialogue, where it harkens to to the other films, and 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 in particular to future films when it, when it's Anakin uh, saying these things, and then in the in the film it would be Luke saying it to him in the guise of Darth Vader. So really, really interesting stuff there. Uh, and again, I, meant, I mentioned it before, I sort of like how Obi-Wan is like the keeper of the lore, the mythology. Uh, it's not like the most deftly handled exposition deliveries in this, but it works because uh, because Obi-Wan is that guy that you would believe has done like some reading on Geonosian uh, mythology and Geonosian history and, and probably knows their culture far better than, than Anakin does. Uh, so I thought that was always really interesting stuff. So I hope you're enjoying it as much as I did. That's all I really have to wonder about that. So now our heroes stumble across the lair of the Geonosian Queen. We have, like again, I mentioned it once more, that very alien-esque homage to the scene of James, Cameron, James Cameron's flick. Uh, this is, again, very evocative of that as you're watching the undead drones of the of the of of the Geonosian warriors uh, taking the eggs and gently placing them down so that more future generations of Geonosians are are born. Uh, so what I want to do now is I want to play the sequence where our, our heroes kind of decide their course of action, and I'll I'll pause it at various points so that we can kind of discuss each thing. But it's it's a long sequence, but there's a lot of really good information in here, and it ultimately leads into a again a classic Obi Wan Kenobi negotiation with with an enemy and because because that's on brand for obi-wan and we love him for it so here let's start the conversation now and again we'll pause it in the in between and talk a little bit about certain elements and i don't want to play for too long because i don't want to anger the 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 house of the mouse here we go i've got a bad feeling about this it must be the queen any sign of luminara i see her she's suspended near the throne perfect what about poggle He's speaking with the queen. Good. You take the soldiers, I'll take the queen. So again, Anakin, man of action, ready to go in here. And again, he's, he's, he wants to be the hero. Again, this is on brand for Anakin. So we're, we're, we're dealing with dueling brands at this point, where Anakin wants to be the one who wants to cut the queen down to size, free Luminara, and everyone's going to deal with, with the undead warriors as, as he makes this move. Obi-Wan... Uh, as someone who is much more, again, intellectual is not the word I want to use, but he wants to understand. He wants to have uh, a more a better base of knowledge about what's going on here, what's happening with the drones, and if reaching out to this queen, if making contact uh, with this queen would help to de-escalate hostilities with the Geonosians, then all of a sudden that's one less person they're fighting in the Clone Wars, and and. You know, again, Anakin's more of a victory at all, at, at, at all, no matter what kind of thing. I don't want to say at all costs, but because obviously Anakin does not want just like massive death on his side of the of the, of the equation. But but Anakin's more of the the uh, go on the offense kind of guy, off the offensive offensive, I mean, double the offense, double the firepower, double the fun, and and Obi Wan again more more of the again, I say it again too many times. I apologize, but we've heard Obi Wan in the movies. He he talks about uh, his he ex- explains he explores his sort of dislike his distrust of politicians, um, but Obi Wan's very much a diplomat. I mean, he again the negotiator, and and that is an element of politics. So there is sort of a, a, a level of irony 
with Obi-Wan as he, as he would say these, these critical lines about politicians. Meanwhile, he's attempting to broker peace with an alien queen. And that, that all kind of ties together. Now, maybe someone's going to come after me because politicians and diplomats are not quite the same thing. I understand, but it's all part of the bureaucracy. That's all I'm trying to get at. That's all I'm trying to say. Like, there's, there's things that kind of cross over in, in all those, 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 uh, those avenues of uh, career choices, if you want to make those choices. So, again, let's pick up the next part of the scene. This is where Obi-Wan will uh, refute Anakin's plan. Rebuff Anakin's plan, if you will. Must you always rush into things? Oh, no. You don't actually want to talk to it, do you? Matter of fact, I do. Anakin, don't you wonder why they took Luminara captive? Why not just kill her? She's leverage. She's a hostage. Leverage for what? No, there's something else going on here, and these zombies are connected to it. Fine, we'll try it your way. All right, and we need to pause it there because I thought it was very interesting slash important that Obi-Wan says the word zombie. It's never mentioned again, it's never elaborated upon. It's just sort of like generally accepted terminology in the Star Wars galaxy that zombies are a thing, <laughs> apparently. And I'm okay with that. The more, the weirder, the better. Well, let's bring it on. Here we go. So glad you agree. Cody, set your men up around the perimeter. These creatures live in darkness. The light from your helmet should blind them temporarily. Turn your lamps on at my signal. They should create enough confusion for us to get Luminara out of here. But what happens when the bugs pursue? You've seen them in action, sir. We can't kill them. We'll have to bury them. It'll at least slow them down. Shoot out the support pillars, and this whole place will collapse. Let's go. All right, so here we go. Our heroes are going to make their, their way down. They're going to make the approach to the queen. Anakin, lightsaber in hand. Obi-Wan, not so much. That's the interesting part. Meanwhile, the clones make their move around the perimeter, stay to the shadows, stay to the walls, out of sight, out of mind. Here we go. Let's tell you. Here we go. Luminara held captive. And there's the queen making her noises. How did you know they wouldn't just attack us? Because I make observations while you think with your lightsaber. Now that's a fun. That is a funny line. <laughs> I want to explore that more, but obviously this is Star Wars. This is Mandovision. We are a family-friendly podcast, but it's a really funny comment, and it's a really funny line. And if you are of a certain age, you can totally appreciate that line and and what uh, the uh, the other subtext for it, as as opposed to it, with, with in conjunction with Anakin's uh, uh, other activities outside of the Clone Wars and his Jedi responsibilities. <laughs> so here we go. Alright, the clone's still moving into place. Nothing new, nothing exciting going on there. Well, that quick thinking of mine is usually needed when your observations get us into trouble. Anakin, the Queen took Luminara hostage. She wanted a Jedi, now she has two more. I want to know what she's after. Scary, scary drones. When this doesn't go as planned, which it won't, I'll be ready. That is so reassuring. All right, so they're about to begin uh, communication with the queen. Uh, at this point, our knowledge of of the Geonosians is that they don't really communicate in basic, galactic basic, as as it were. Uh, so the queen speaking here in in that, I thought was interesting. I wasn't, and I didn't remember that being the case when uh, when, when I rewatched this episode. I, I thought it'd be more of the the poggle, you know, the, the, the squeaks and the clicks. Uh, but no, no, no. This, the, this queen, obviously a more uh, articulated 
uh, 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 vocal cords so that she can speak basic, she understands basic, and so they are able to converse in a, in a more, uh, I guess, oh, yeah, I guess I'll say traditional fashion, if you will. So here we go, let's listen to that. I thought I told you not to follow me, Master Kenobi. Yes, well, I took a lesson from Anakin and decided not to follow orders. Shots fired. Hey. You. Here's the queen. You are the creatures that attack Geonosia. Why have you come before me? Your Majesty, it is a pleasure to finally meet you. I am Obi-Wan Kenobi, and this is Anakin Skywalker. It is our sad duty to inform you that your rule is at an end. You not dictate to me, Jedi. My empire is forever. You have to wonder, there is some, some things to consider here. She says that... You have to wonder how long-lived is the Geonosian Queen. Uh, and I thought it was also interesting she referred to the planet as Geonosia as opposed to Geonosis. So perhaps there's a little bit of a disrespect thing going on here. When, when the Republic you know, came in and, and surveyed the planet or did whatever they did, and they sort of adopted a different name uh, as opposed to what the natives would, would call it. Now, again, that's me speculating wildly. But, again, there, there, there's got to be some more subtext to what's going on with, with some of the stuff in this scene. She does not seem interested in a diplomatic solution to this at all. She is offended and hurt that so many of, of I guess we'll call them her children at this point, uh, have, been, have been killed and maybe, in her opinion, massacred by the Jedi and the Republic forces. Uh, again, an interesting element to explore, to kind of play with as, as we listen to this conversation. So kind of keep those things in mind. I'm afraid it does not appear that way, Your Grace. You shall release the Jedi Luminara and submit to Republic law. Loud noises right here. Take their lightsabers here. Destroying us shall only make the Republic's judgment of you harsher. <sighs> no, Jedi. No! I no destroy you. I devour you. I control you. I have but one Jedi before young Oops, sorry. <laughs> uh, that's a good place to pause it, actually, because uh, this is where we're going to get the in the explanation, the introduction of uh, these sort of like mind worms and what's going on with some of these undead generation forces, how the hive mind is kind of coming to be. Uh, and we're going to see this kind of come to fruition uh, with, with an act against Luminara. And I sort of like, again, I like the way that Anakin and Obi-Wan play off each other in this. Uh, Anakin wants to spring into action, save Luminara, destroy these mind worms. Uh, but 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 Obi Wan has like this sort of like scientific curiosity uh, that I found sort of interesting and like a, a, a touch charming in this episode. So let's go ahead and see what happens next as the Queen is addressing Poggle. Bring me, but now I have three. She's 
very happy she has three Jedi. Watch as my child enters your Jedi. And these are the worms she's talking about. And once inside, her mind becomes my mind. Her thoughts, my thoughts. It's a sort of mind control, a hive mind. She thinks she can possess us. Great. Find out everything you wanted to know yet? No, wait. I want to see how it works. I don't think Luminara wants to see how it works. No, I don't. I'm curious. The more we know, the better. <laughs> so I really like that exchange there, too. It's really funny stuff. And you kind of wonder you you wonder a little bit, how far is Obi-Wan going to let this go before he finally like, like puts the brakes on it and allows Anakin to spring into action and do his thing? Uh, it, it's, again, amusing stuff. I'm going to play the last little bit of it. Here we go. I disagree. So do I. Come now, the nose or the ear, which do you think will enter? <laughs> More funny stuff right there. I think the nose. Uh, I hope this is part of the plan. Isn't it always? Cody, now! All right, there it is. That's when Obi-Wan issues the orders. The troops spring into action. Anakin springs into action. The, the mind worm does not enter Luminara unduly. Uh, and... and you know, despite uh, Obi-Wan's efforts to, to save one, to collect and to study, which that would have been a fascinating episode too, like Obi-Wan in like a bio lab uh, studying the mind worms. Um, yeah, they spring into action and they basically pull off what they're going to pull off. They blow out the support structures, the Jedi escape, the clones escape, they collapse the tunnels around the queen and around the undead, uh, the, the, the mind worm controlled drones. And that's kind of sort of, they bring the temple down and that's sort of the end of the episode. A lot of it, it, it's it's action from here out for for these like final five ish minutes of the episode, uh, but it's good action. It's fun action. The the escape attempts, the 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 going up the uh, going up that tunnel to exit the temple, uh, and by the way, they also have arrested Poggle the Lesser. He is in Jedi slash Republic custody, and and he uh, doesn't put up much of a fight trying to get out of there. Which I don't know if I like that or if I thought he should have struggled more and, and tried to make it so that the, the drones would, would save him or perhaps he realized that at that point uh, the queen was going to sacrifice Poggle uh, in order to protect the rest of her, of her hive and I, you know I don't know exactly what that's going to be maybe we'll get to explore that a little bit more in the next episode I don't remember but next week's episode of Star Wars The Clone Wars very much picks up where this one leaves off because yeah there's a lot there's a lot of uh, threads still to do in this so I want to play the last little bit of the episode. Uh, this is as as the temple is collapsing, and the Jedi and the clones are running, escaping from there so that they don't die. Here we go. Let's play the last little bit right now. Obi-Wan with Poggle. All things considered, <coughs> that went better than I expected. I wish we could have gotten one of those worms. Knowing how the Queen controls her minions could have proven valuable. Well, hopefully the secret is buried with her. And, uh, listen, spoilers for next week's episode, uh, it's not. <laughs> because next week is a, is a direct continuation of this episode, so we will continue to further explore the Mind Worms and, and how they are affecting, uh, 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 humans in the in the next episode you know it's not just going to be on geonosians we get to see more of the implications of it affecting clone troopers and and uh yeah i can't wait we're gonna get, we're gonna dive into it it's gonna be a fun one uh it's it, it they were all fun ones let's be perfectly honest but that's the episode 
I like this episode. Again, I, I feel like I'm just kind of... Sp- I say this with uh, all the love in my heart, but I feel like I've, I've been... Rewatching this show has been an education. I, I remember having frustrations the first time around because I, I didn't think things were going fast enough or I didn't think things were uh, connected enough. I didn't think things were developed enough. But I think having the the perspective that, that knowing how the show goes, how the show ends, I can look back on these early episodes and enjoy them in a way that I didn't before. Uh, and so I, I think this episode's like really rock solid. It's somewhere between a seven and a half and an eight. Uh, it's really, really good. It's fun. It pays homage to a lot of great science fiction that I enjoyed. That was, uh, that is, and was near, and, was and is near and dear to my heart, and that's never a bad thing. So yeah, I check this one out. It's a lot of fun. Like I said, those homages are really, really cool. Really, really fun. Great dialogue between our Jedi heroes. Great action as usual. Another fast-paced episode of the Clone Wars, uh, as as the Battle of Geonosis uh, begins to come to an end. The second Battle of Geonosis, if you will. And, and that's exciting stuff, and I can't wait to get into the next episode because, yeah, Anakin said hopefully, and we will find out very, very soon that hopefully means nothing. <laughs> all right, let's wrap this show up. I want to thank you all so much for taking the time, listening to the podcast, supporting the podcast, doing that whole thing where you, where you make sure you're, you're following us on social media, at Mando underscore Vision, Twitter and Instagram. Engaging with us on social media is always a lot of fun for me, so please, by all means, reach out on either platform, Twitter or Instagram. You can email the show, MandoVisionTom at gmail.com. Make sure you are liking, subscribing, slash following this show and sharing it with other other Mandalorians in your covert. If you are so inclined, if you're having a good time with the show, if you can take a little bit of time out of your day and give us a five-star review, that helps so much that helps support small independent podcasts like ours uh, stand out, not get lost in the galactic sea of other shows out there. And it means, it means the world to me if you take the time to do so. So thank you in advance for doing that. All right. This is the main division podcast. My name is Tom. We will be back next week. We'll be back on Friday with another episode of the bad batch breakdowns. We're doing those. We're cranking those out. We're having a great time watching the bad batch. It's been a lot, a lot of fun. Uh, that shows off to a great start. And, and yeah, we can't, we can't wait to keep talking about that. And then eventually, The Mandalorian will be back. Well, Boba Fett will be back first. The Book of Boba Fett coming in December. Can't wait. And every time I look at the calendar, we're just getting closer and closer. It's really, really exciting stuff. All right. All right. Let's do it. Let's wrap it up. We're running a little long on these episodes because I keep rambling. But let's close the show again. I thank you for listening. I thank you for the support. It means the world to me. You are the best fans. We are Star Wars fans together. And Star Wars fans are the best fans. And I love how we all support one another in our uh, efforts and to talk about it, spread the word of, of what we love, and just have a good time enjoying and embracing all the aspects of Star Wars. It's the best. It's the best. You're the best. Rock on. All right. This podcast can only end one way. And this is the way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way.